Welcome to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations, a podcast exploring the cool Christian girl's guide to living in America. I'm your girl, April Davenport. I'll reveal to you a little personal testimony while merging ministry, education, and real life. We will also discuss current events with relevant figures of our time. It is the perfect blend of headline news, black girl magic, and of course, Jesus juice. Come with me on a journey you won't soon forget. So stay tuned, don't change the channel, and let's take a ride. Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. I'm your host, April Davenport. Welcome to episode 10. Oh my goodness, I cannot believe that we are almost done with this first season of the podcast. What an amazing season it has been. And I'm so excited about today because I am with one of my favorite per, uh, people in the world, my pastor, the great pastor Jerry D. Black of the Beulah Missionary Baptist Church. And we are actually favorite to be at Beulah Missionary Baptist Church. So what a treat it is for me today to be recording episode 10. Pastor Black, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to be with us on today. So I'll start out by asking you, just like I've asked all the rest of my guests, how are you doing? How are you favoring in this pandemic? Thank you so much, April, and thank you for uh, this opportunity to, to share. Uh, by the grace of God, we are, we are faring uh, much better than I must admit I anticipated mm -hmm. initially uh, because it's a road that we've never traveled before. Right. And uh, I wondered, uh, would uh, the church be able to survive the challenges of the coronavirus uh, in so many areas, uh, uh, not being able to gather, not being able to assemble? Uh, would we be able to stay afloat financially? And uh, would uh, we be able to still provide ministry for uh, the Beulah family and friends? Mm -hmm. uh, but God has shown us favor that we've been able to do far better than I anticipated. One of the things the master told me, I had to remind me of, <laughs> was uh, who the church belongs to. Right, right. He says, uh, upon this rock I will build my church. Amen. And the gates of hell, right. that's inclusive of the coronavirus, right. shall not prevail against it. Amen. Amen, Pastor. You know, that's uh, so poignant, I think, for um, all of us to remember because I've, you know, heard you say on several occasions that you didn't think that you would be here for some of the things that currently happen in our society. Yes. Uh, you thought you'd be long gone, yes. right? Enjoying the streets of gold yes. uh, for yes, some indeed. of the things that happen. But <laughs> I think that no matter what age we are, none of us thought that we would be here to endure some of the things that have happened in 2020. Yes. Um, one of the reasons that I mentioned that you are one of my most favorite people is because I've watched you from um, afar, but I've had the privilege of obviously being able to watch you very closely as we've, you know, been able to uh, be in great communication with one another great fellowship and because of my various positions at the church, um, I've been able to work with you in a number of different capacities. Yes. And um, I know I share the opinion of so many in that you are one of the uh, few preachers, one of the few pastors who not only talk the talk, but walk the walk. And I know that there are so many who admire you. Um, but even though you've been, you know, pastoring now for 40 years and uh, preaching for longer than that, um, this still has been a challenge, right? to yes. come to this church on a Sunday morning and to preach to an empty sanctuary. So yes. um, personally, how does that make you feel? And how do you find the zeal to come Sunday after Sunday to preach to, to pews, basically? <laughs> well, I must admit, uh, it took some getting used to. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, it was a challenge initially for me to adjust uh, to uh, preaching to uh, basically a, a sanctuary filled with 
empty pews mm -hmm. primarily and so forth. Uh, but uh, uh, I had to make that adjustment and I was able to make that adjustment uh, uh, even though I had no A-man corner mm -hmm. and, and nothing else of that nature, I was able to make the adjustment with the help of God uh, because he wanted me to be able to function for him uh, in any situation, in any type of circumstance, to be able to uh, proclaim his word uh, and uh, knowing that even though there was no one in the pews, there were uh, thousands of people tuning in uh, uh, who were watching our services that were going out as virtual services. And so we were still reaching people. Uh, and I had to pray for the Lord to give me the ability mm -hmm. uh, to make the necessary adjustments to uh, be able to function right. and be effective uh, in uh, the situation that we're dealing with now. Right. So, you know, there's been so many opinions of why exactly are we going through this pandemic, right? And so, you know, there's obviously, there's science and then there's, you know, religion. And, um, you know, so many people in the church, um, various religious sectors, not just Christianity, so many people have said that, um, you know, the end is near. Right. And um, that the pandemic is also the result of um, many decades of bad decisions or, you know, many decades of uh, the church kind of falling away from Christ. Right. And sin. Um, do you feel like the pandemic is a result of decades of bad decisions or decades of us turning away from God? Or do you think that the pandemic just is what it is? It's just the result of a virus that's just gone rampant. Well, uh, in Matthew chapter 24, uh, Jesus was approached by his disciples and they uh, asked Jesus, when will the end come? Mm -hmm. And how will we know that the end is near. And of course, Jesus shared with them a, a, a series of adverse circumstances and situations that would occur and take place. Uh, uh, but Jesus went on to say, but the end was not yet. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, and so I, I do believe that uh, the various adversities and difficulties that we are experiencing now in our world are the result of bad choices and they are the result of God's uh, really disdain with the human family and the fact that uh, so many in our day and time have chosen to go in a direction contrary to the will of God. Mm -hmm. And of course, Jesus Christ said that uh, these things would come mm -hmm. and uh, they certainly are coming. And uh, we're seeing um, all kinds of issues uh, with nature, uh, with the wildfires on the uh, West Coast and uh, the series of terrible storms that are striking the Gulf Coast and uh, the pandemic and so many other situations, we can't help but wonder uh, what's happening here. Right. And uh, it's all because I believe of the sinful behavior of man and man's failure to embrace the will of God. And as a result, uh, we are being uh, really impacted by the bad choices that we've made and uh, in many instances, God's disdain is being manifested mm -hmm. uh, through things that are happening in our day and time. So, you know, Pastor, I know that you are um, not only just a man of great faith, but you're a, a man of great, you know, learning. You were um, a high school history teacher, right? And so um, I know that you are a, an avid news watcher. Uh, mm -hmm. You've mentioned how, I mean, your television stays on CNN. So you're not definitely one who um, abandons science, right? right. So um, how do you, how can we ha find the balance between science 
in faith, you know, especially in a time like this when we're having to go through the pandemic and, you know, we're having to take all of these different precautions, right? Um, so, you know, we know we need to get our flu shot, right? We know we need to uh, make sure that our hands are clean and sanitized, right? And we're wearing masks. And um, But how do we not go too far uh, to the left, right, and be scientific? And then how do we not um, make sure that we don't completely abandon that? And then there are people who absolutely just say, I don't need to do any of those things because I have great faith. I believe God is going to protect me. You know, so where is the balance between science and faith? Well, it certainly should be a balance. Uh, there needs to be a balance there. And of course, uh, God has helped us to progress in the area of science and scientific knowledge and so forth and uh, we've come to understand certain things uh, uh, that uh, exist by way of various plagues and epidemics and pandemics and so forth and things that we can and should do uh, to uh, best protect ourselves and so forth. And I don't think there is anything unreligious or anything that backs away from uh, faith in God to do those things. While I'm wearing my mask, I realize that if God doesn't keep me covered mm -hmm. uh, by his divine protection, even the mask uh, won't shield me right. from some of the terrible things that uh, can filter through. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, uh, so it's necessary, and I know at times it seems like it's a tightrope that we're walking to try to balance mm -hmm. uh, the two and, uh, and so forth. But I believe uh, that it is possible to still be a person of faith mm -hmm. and still understand the value of science and the fact that God has allowed us to progress and advance to that stage of knowledge and information that we can know some things that are beneficial and helpful to us. Uh, and also remain true to God and our faith a at the same time. And uh, 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 there are some I know who uh, feel that to embrace uh, too much of science is to depart from the faith. I believe that the two mm -hmm. uh, can be balanced. Mm -hmm. I believe that any knowledge and insight that we've been blessed to gain uh, on the scientific uh, field uh, can be balanced with our faith. Uh, and um, uh, I believe the two uh, can uh, walk hand in hand. I agree. Um, you know, Pastor, this year in 2020, we've seen a lot, right? Not only with the pandemic, but we've seen a lot on um, the side of racial injustice. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, you grew up during the civil rights movement, right? Yes. So you, uh, it, it could almost be for someone of uh, your age or merit, it's almost like uh, deja vu, right? You're seeing some of the same things that yes. right happened in the 60s and the 70s. Um, and then we know what's happening on the political front, right? There uh, is a lot happening there. Um, and so, the church is at a pivotal moment, yes. right? Um, yes. Where seemingly, you know, there's in our in our society, in American society, there's the separation of church and state. But I feel like the church is at a pivotal moment where it could really regain a prominent position in our society. Um, and even though, you know, we're not gathering in the way that we're used to gathering. Um, how do you see the church changing, but still being able to really gain its importance in so many different areas in people's lives? Well, uh, that's a very good question. And, and I am uh, one who believes uh, that the church will need to change mm -hmm. in some areas if we are to remain effective and if we are to remain as relevant as uh, God wants us to be in this uh, society and in this day and age that we are now living in. Uh, and so I believe that it is important uh, that uh, the church uh, engage in uh, really being that 
shining light on the hill uh, that people in the valley can see the value of the church, the worth of the church, that the church uh, is about the good of society and the good of mankind, uh, that we are engaged in feeding the hungry and we're engaged in uh, helping those who are uh, really in dire need of help and assistance, uh, and we are out there. Mm -hmm. uh, and that our ministry in this day and time, if we are going to really make the impact that I believe God wants us to make, uh, we have to uh, move from beyond the walls mm -hmm. of uh, the worship center and uh, engage uh, in uh, sharing the love of Jesus Christ with the world. Right. Yes, indeed. So I hear you um, obviously talking, you know, definitely about really being able to merge basically the church with the unchurched, right? Yes. Um, and so how do you, though, Pastor, if, you know, for those of us who, you know, are saved, right, and we're sharing the love of God, but, you know, in a society where there is right now so much happening and it could per be perceived as so many negative things happening. How do you witness to someone um, who doesn't really know about God, doesn't know about the love of God? How do you witness to someone when all they could see around them is job loss, right? Or they may have lost someone close to them. Um, and, you know, they may be, you know, struggling financially or economically. Their children aren't able to go to school. Um, you know, how do you witness to someone about a God who is all loving, about a God who is gracious? Um, how, do you, how do you witness to that person? Well, I know uh, a number of things that I share with our Ministry of Evangelism, and one is that we share uh, with uh, uh, men and women, boys and girls, and we do not come with an attitude of self-righteousness and mm -hmm. exalt ourselves and so forth. We approach them knowing uh, that uh, uh, all of us uh, have gone through times of distress and hardship and even being a Christian has not uh, exempted us mm -hmm. from having challenges and hardships and so forth. Uh, but Jesus Christ said, in the world ye shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, for I have overcome the world. And with his help, they too can be overcomers. Mm -hmm. uh, but being Christians does not exempt us from it. And I know the question has been asked of me, how can God be such a loving God that you say he is, Pastor, and that you proclaim him to be when he allows all of these horrible things to happen? Uh, to me and others and to happen in our society and our world and so forth. And uh, God is a loving, caring God. But we are plagued by that terrible thing called sin. Mm. And it is because of sin that the doors were opened uh, to adversity and distress and hardship and so forth. But the key is to have faith in God, to believe that God loves us in spite of, because his love was most greatly manifested by giving for us and to us his only begotten son mm -hmm. to die right. in our place, to die for our sins. And so Jesus experienced suffering. He experienced hardship. He was not exempt. Uh, from distress and from great struggles and so forth, and from uh, many of the trials that people face, Jesus experienced in his lifetime. To be an example to us, I know he came first and foremost to be our savior, right. but he also came to be a, a good example, mm -hmm. uh, to walk uh, the roads of the world and to live in the flesh 
uh, and to be a good example of love and care and to be able to endure hardness and still get up and keep going right. and so forth. Uh, and uh, some people uh, are receptive uh, to that message mm -hmm. and some are so overwhelmed yeah. by their hardship and their distress until it's difficult for them to conceive mm -hmm. of a God who is truly caring and loving allowing certain things to happen. Right, yes. right. And I think in that times when it is, it does become difficult, I think then that's why it's important for us to, um, to live what we preach, right? Absolutely. To live what we speak. Yes. Um, because some people, you know, they need to see it, right? Yes. And not just hear it. Yes. Um, so uh, the ministry of living is, is just <laughs> yes. as important, right? As yes, the ministry of evangelism. Yes. Um, Pastor, we know that, you know, we can't just live as a Christian 24 hours within the church, right? Or within church bodies. And so, um, you know, God's word tells us that, right, we have to live in the world, even though we aren't of the world. Yes. Um, we're at a, a crucial moment in history right now, especially in America. Um, and so we know that as American citizens that we have rights, we have responsibilities, right? Um, and I know uh, that you take your responsibilities as a citizen very important. Why do you think that it's important, especially as Christians? to take an active interest in the welfare of your country? Uh, I believe it is uh, extremely important because I believe that if there is going to truly be a positive difference made in the world, if uh, there's going to be a, a positive impact on world affairs and world events and so forth, it will require persons who have a relationship uh, with God mm -hmm. uh, through Jesus Christ. And thus, uh, we can bring to the table uh, a missing element that is uh, 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 severely missing. It is greatly missing and greatly needed. Mm -hmm. uh, and that element, uh, if we don't involve ourselves uh, as Christians, as members of the household of faith, then uh, those uh, places will be filled by people uh, who don't embrace a relationship with God and uh, don't embrace a loving, caring spirit for other people, for one another, and so forth. So it's so important that we as children of God become more active, more engaged, more involved uh, in uh, our local affairs, uh, and certainly uh, our state affairs, our national affairs, and that uh, we uh, make every effort to make a difference. And I believe uh, when Jesus said, ye are the salt of the earth, mm -hmm. uh, that means that we are to bring seasoning right. to the world. Mm -hmm. He says, ye are the light of the world. And that means that we are to bring brightness uh, to this dark world. Mm -hmm. And so we, who are children of God, must become actively involved and engaged. Uh, that does not mean in every instance that I have to hold a political office. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, certainly we need Christians to hold political offices, mm -hmm. not necessarily to flaunt our religion, right. uh, but certainly to uh, really uh, make the impact and the effect by virtue of moral decency and and a spirit of love and care that is so greatly needed. Right, and so would you also say then that is why it is absolutely critical that everyone vote? Yes, yes indeed. Yes, vote in all caps, mm -hmm. V-O-T-E, mm -hmm. vote. Uh, I uh, 
along with Mrs. Black, we went early this morning mm -hmm. uh, to be there before the doors opened. We got there an hour early mm -hmm. uh, to vote, and uh, I, I think I have my little uh, vote sticker. <laughs> Absolutely, that's was, great. <laughs> yes, uh, and I voted, and uh, uh, because uh, we need to do our very best to. Uh, uh, put people into these critical positions uh, that uh, are so critical because uh, their decisions will uh, make either a positive or negative impact mm -hmm. upon so many other people. Mm -hmm. And so it is of vital importance that uh, Christians vote. I agree, and I think that, you know, we've heard the term so many different times this year. This is definitely... Uh, one of, if not the most important election in history, yes. um, because there is so much at stake, yes. right, with this yes. presidential yes, election. And um, there are a number of other things to vote for, depending upon your locale. Um, so it's vitally important that, uh, you know, that we all vote, that we all vote not only as Christians, but especially as African-Americans. Yes. And um, why do you think that as African-Americans that we haven't quite just gotten the, the message of voting, I mean, if we look back in the annals of history, right, um, you know, we lost the legend this year in uh, Congressman John Lewis. Um, yes. But if we look back in the annals of history, not only him, but so many others who um, lost their lives or who, you know, put their lives on the line for us to have this great privilege of voting. Um, but there are still a number of African-Americans who don't see the value or the importance of voting. And why do you think that is? Why do you think that? And that's not to say that there aren't issues in other races, right? But we're going to just, you know, pause here on our race because we are African-Americans. Yes, yes. But why do you think that is? Why do you think we haven't just quite gotten the message that with every election we have to constantly push African-Americans to the polls? I think that it is for a number of reasons, and I think uh, uh, one of the reasons is that uh, there's a feeling among far too many that my one little vote mm -hmm. won't make a difference. Mm -hmm. But the truth is, it will make a difference. Mm -hmm. And uh, if more people uh, would abandon that uh, frame of mind and uh, cast their votes, uh, it would be so very, very uh, helpful in uh, changing some situations that uh, are in tremendous need of change. Mm -hmm. But also I think it is because uh, so many of our people have lost our sense of history mm -hmm. and we don't remember or value all that took place to help get us to the place where we could enjoy the privilege of voting. Right. Voting uh, came at a tremendous cost, mm -hmm. and a tremendous expense. And as you mentioned, the late uh, Congressman John Lewis, who marched with the late great Dr. King and uh, a number of others uh, who have uh, transitioned on to glory, but who put their lives literally on the line so that not only uh, uh, black people of that day and time, mm -hmm. uh, but people, uh, black people who would come uh, in the future would be able to enjoy uh, these privileges. And uh, uh, when we lose our sense of history and where we've come from, uh, that can be detrimental. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I agree with that, and I think that, you know, some of that is, uh, you know, educational. I think yes. that, you know, the, the teaching has changed in the schools. Um, but then I also think that some of that is familial. Um, within our family structures, we don't teach as much as we should um, right. to, uh, you know, current and younger generations. Um, so I think that it's important that those of us who do know, 
make sure that you know the younger ones know and then um, I think that you know for each of us that as soon as someone turns 18 in our families that we all take you know um, accountability to make sure that that person is registered Absolutely. to vote yes. and that you know I mean I think that it's important if a person has children that they take their children with them to the polls so that they yes. can begin to understand in an early age how important it is to vote um, during the course of this election season and um, even now as I'm listening to the confirmation hearings for uh, Judge Barrett, um, there's a term that I've been hearing, and I can't remember um, who came up with it, but um, somebody has said that, you know, you can disagree without being disagreeable. Um, and I, I like that term because um, it just kind of shows that <clears throat> we don't have to agree on everything, right? right? And so, as you mentioned, um, you know, Christians really maybe even if holding office, but even not just holding office, but kind of maybe taking roles on various committees or things of that nature. As I look at the church and the way that church has kind of, um, you know, taken a different role in society, but really as an individual Christian, I think that sometimes Christians have, you know, gotten a bad rep in society, right, because of the things that we believe. But I think that it's important that for people to understand that you can have I can have an opinion, right? And you can have an opinion. Um, and even if we bring it to the table, we can leave the table having disagreed, but that doesn't mean that we have to be disagreeable. But yeah. I also think that in that same vein, that um, because you mentioned that Christians have, you know, um, a level of morality that maybe some people may not have, that it's important for Christians to start a number of conversations that need to be had in our society. Would you agree with that? Yes, I do. Um, because I think that right now, now, you know, the American society is a very divided society right yes. now. And um, you could see that on a number of levels if you think about health care, right, and um, who deserves health care and who doesn't. Um, if you think about education and yes. who deserves education, who doesn't. And so, you know, I just wonder, like, how does the church, as you mentioned, the church needing to change to fit this, um, you know, current society? And I think about a song that we sing often here at Beulah, um, A Charge to Keep I Have, right? Um, mm -hmm. How can the church, what are some ways that the church can really, uh, really begin to teach? Um, and I don't know if that's through discipleship or, you know, through some other methods, um, in a way that people understand that, you know, like you mentioned, that ministry goes far beyond the walls, right? And so we have to begin to, um, I think, serve this present age in all of, in our capacities uh, at the job, in our capacities as, you know, parents or within our families. What can the church do in order to really make that message prevalent? I think it, it, it begins, and you, you uh, made reference to it, uh, a little bit ago, I think that it, it must start uh, at home, mm. uh, uh, that uh, a household is aware uh, of the things that uh, we should embrace, that we should uh, be vigorous about doing and engaged in. Um, and I believe that it is necessary uh, that uh, when we uh, endeavor to make contact with uh, those who uh, don't necessarily share our views and so forth, uh, uh, we should be able, as you said, to be able to uh, uh, disagree without uh, uh, just becoming just extremely outraged with mm -hmm. each other. And we see that uh, even in the halls of government now, mm -hmm. it's so divided, so partisan, and right. uh, 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 regardless of how right it is, uh, if it's not my party sponsoring right. it, mm -hmm. I, I'm not going to support it, and so forth. And uh, God is not the author of confusion, and he's not a God of division. Right. And um, uh, even when we minister to those who are lost, we go to them, letting them know, hey, <laughs> I know what it's like to be lost, because mm -hmm. mm -hmm. I've been there. Right. And it's only by the grace of God 
that I'm not still there. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I can identify with you because I, I've been where you are. Mm -hmm. And uh, that helps a person feel more comfortable with. But that, there's so many things that the church needs to do now. Uh, there are some things about the church that does, that does not need to change. Mm -hmm. The message mm -hmm. should remain the same. Mm -hmm. uh, that Jesus Christ is Lord. Mm -hmm. That he came, suffered, bled, and died for our sins. All right. The message must remain the same. Mm -hmm. The methods need to change. Right. We need to change uh, as we monitor the age that uh, we are now doing church in, that right. we are now uh, living in. We need to see what we need to do to better reach people, to better minister to people. Uh, where are we falling short? What things can we do better? And so as we uh, step back and do an assessment of ourselves as a church body, mm -hmm. uh, we look at our deficiencies, uh, we look at the things that we're doing well, and we look at the things also that we're not doing so well. Mm -hmm. And we put forth a vigorous effort to improve ourselves in those areas where we're falling short. Mm -hmm. As I stated, the, the message, yeah. that's the rock. It stays right. solid. It stays the same. But the method mm -hmm. uh, must change. Uh, and you made reference to an old hymn that I grew up listening mm -hmm. to as a boy, Charles, to keep I have that, that verse in that hymn. One of the verses to serve this this present age, mm -hmm. my calling to fulfill. Right. And so, uh, it will be necessary that some of our methods will change. Our methods, and uh, 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 some of the uh, ways that we have once done things will no longer prove to be effective yeah. in this day and time. Uh, uh, the uh, former president of our state convention, the late Dr. Cameron Alexander, uh, used to say humorously, there's a new Negro in the pew. Right, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And I could not help right. uh, but nod in agreement. Yes, 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 yes. And if we're going to be effective in uh, providing ministry uh, for uh, the new mm -hmm. parishioners that we're serving and uh, these new folk who fill the pews. We're going to have to improve our methods. We're going to have to constantly do assessments. Mm -hmm. We're doing this, but is it proving to be effective? effective right, yes. right. And what do we need to do that could prove to be more effective? Mm -hmm. and, uh, and of course, in the process, I believe we can gain more ground mm -hmm. and we can certainly uh, be more effective and we can certainly be a greater force for good. Right. Not only in our local church families, but in our communities, in mm -hmm. our cities, in our states, and in the nation. I, I agree, and I think that that's valuable information, not only for the church, but as individuals, right? I think that we have to all take count of our, our lives and uh, say, is it working or yeah. <laughs> is it not? Yes. Um, you know, Pastor, when the pandemic first began in March, um, I can honestly say I thought, oh, by the summertime, we'll be fine. You know, things will be better because um, I, I like to think that, you know, America is the greatest country in the world, you know, with all of our advances, with, yes. uh, you know, the geniuses that we seem to have <laughs> in every industry. And so when summertime hit and we still weren't uh, out of this, I'll say, I thought, <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> and I remember uh, a number of times really crying out to God and thinking, when are you going to deliver us from this? <laughs> and, um, you know, you know, firsthand the challenges that my family has personally yes. had. And, yes. um, you know, I, I keep saying, if I could just go to church, God, I mean, <laughs> you know, maybe that will help me feel better. But, um, Sometimes, Pastor, it just seems this will never end. Yes. And, um, you know, personally, pastorally, do you see an end in sight? 
I believe an end is coming, but I must in all honesty say I don't see mm. that end being uh, 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 close at hand. Mm. Uh, I believe it's going to eventually come, but when, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. uh, I had many members to uh, uh, inquire of me, Pastor, when will you think we'd be going back? I, and I had to tell them, well, when the Lord right. uh, gives us the green light, we'll go back. But I have informed our leadership of some things uh, that when we do go back, it can't be business as usual. as usual. Right, right. We can't go back doing things the way we used to do them, mm -hmm. um, because there'll be a new normal, mm -hmm. and we're going to have to accept that, mm -hmm. and we're going to have to conform to that. Mm -hmm. And um, so, <laughs> I, uh, the Lord has already led me in mapping out mm -hmm. the, the new order of, mm -hmm. of service, mm -hmm. the order of worship, and so forth. It will have to be shorter because even when we are uh, blessed to return, the virus will still be right. in existence. And so we'll have to return wearing masks. Right. Well, uh, Mass can be an uncomfortable thing to deal with for 10 minutes. Yes. <laughs> and if you think about setting up for the length of time that we once right, right. had worship service with a mask on, that's not going to work. Right, So right. services are going to have to be shorter. We're going to have to abbreviate some things. And uh, 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 we will pay our tithes and give our offerings as we exit. Right. We won't march around and consume time with that. Uh, there'll be a brief time of prayer, but no altar call. Uh, because people coming up to the altar, you can't social distance yourselves. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, where was I sitting? Mm -hmm. And find your way back. All of that's time consuming and so forth. The message will have to be shorter. The service will have to be short, uh, but good <laughs> and and then uh the members uh, uh uh will be able to return home mm -hmm. but we won't be able to go back the old way that it yeah. was yeah yeah I, I, uh prepping our leadership now so that everybody will be on the same, same page, page. <laughs> yeah, yeah because we can't go back the old way right no. Yeah. And I think that this time will probably prepare everyone, hopefully, you know, and sometimes it'll just be good to be back in the, yes. the house of the Lord. But yes. um, hopefully everyone has, you know, gained an appreciation for their relationship with Christ and not just, you know, for uh coming to church, yes. I should say. Yes. Um, Pastor, one of the things that you often say um, to us and that, you know, not just to us, but just to the body of Christ is that um, our best days are never behind us, that they are always still yet to come. Um, no matter how hard it may seem, and sometimes, you know, it's, it's very hard, but um, we still hold on to that, that the best days are still yet to come. Yes. So uh, what would you say? to the person or to the individual um, not quite being able to see that, that their best days are still yet to come. What would you say to that person? I would tell them to please hang in there, to please hold on, to please uh, keep the faith and uh, just continue uh, to trust God that a change is going to come. All things work together for the good of them who love the Lord, even the pandemic and mm -hmm. even the other struggles and hardships uh, that uh, people are uh, experiencing. But to hang in there because uh, you don't really know the magnitude and degree of your faith until it's tested. Mm. Faith that is not tested is faith that can't be trusted. Mm. And so we're tested and we're in a period of testing now and I would encourage everyone to please don't abandon the journey don't give up keep your faith in God and as the psalmist said look to the hills from whence cometh your help and it's impossible to 
focus on the heels mm -hmm. and and then give up right the more I focus on God the more I am encouraged mm -hmm. and the more I am determined uh, to hold on right yes indeed I agree and uh, that's all we can do is you know we can pay attention obviously uh, to the things that are happening around us because we want to be conscious citizens we want to be aware of those things that are happening um, but at the end of the day the earth is still the Lord's in yes. the fullness thereof yes, um, and they that dwell within and we are dwelling within and so you know we have to trust to believe that nothing is happening without his command and so we trust in that yes. and um you know we're gonna hang in there as you mentioned um just a little while longer yes and indeed as uh they used to say we're gonna see what the end will be um yes. and so pastor we thank you so much for joining us for confessions convictions and conversations um like i said before i love you i know that so many share that sentiment and um not only that but we appreciate all that you are doing to keep us encouraged to keep us uplifted and to continue to share the word of God with us, especially during such a difficult time, but that you're remaining steadfast every Wednesday, every Sunday, but not just on the days that we see you, but on the days that we don't see you because we know that you're still checking in on people and praying for people and doing the duties of a pastor and we can't appreciate and thank you enough. So thank you so much. And we're constantly praying for you because we know that like us, this is new for you also. Yes. And God is still doing a great work yes. in you and so we appreciate that um, at the end of every episode pastor I love to pray for my listeners but since I have the honor of having you with me I'd ask that you would pray for our listeners before we end all righty thank you so much wonderful God our father how excellent is thy name in all the earth we thank you dear father for making yourself available to us. So much so until we can talk to you by way of prayer at any time. And dear Father, your ears are always attentive to the prayers of your children. We can call you at any time of the a.m. and you hear our prayers. We can call you at any time of the p.m. and you have a listening ear. And dear Father, your word tells us that you already know the things that we have need of even before we ask. Meaning that you're already knowledgeable of the things that we stand in urgent need of. You're knowledgeable of all of those things that we're dealing with and the problems that we're struggling with, the challenges that we are faced with. You already know, but not only are you already knowledgeable of what we're dealing with and what we are experiencing in our lives. But you have that special power. Yes, God. Power, dear Father, to make the crucial and needed difference in all of our circumstances, in all of our situations. And you have that power, dear Father, to help us, to strengthen us so that we are better able to deal with the challenges of life in a way that we would not be able to without you. We lift up, dear Father, April. We lift up all of the viewers. Yes, God. And Father, you know who they are. You know exactly where they are. And you know exactly what they need. Yes, Lord. And we lift them up to you in the precious name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. And we ask, Heavenly Father, that you will show yourself strong in each of their lives, in all of their circumstances. We pray that they will find in you the help that they stand in need of. Please do. We pray, dear Father, for your divine guidance and direction. We pray that you, dear Father, will encourage them so that they will be able with the encouragement and the spiritual strength that you provide to continue to march on, knowing that as we sing occasionally here at Beulah, 
everything will be all right. Yes, God. After the storm clouds pass over, everything will be all right. So bless and keep them. Dispatch your angels from glory. Please do, Jesus. Dear Father, to abide with them so that all night and all day they will be blessed and favored with angels watching over them. Fill their homes, their apartments with the power of your presence. And dear Father, keep them in your divine care. And we shall remain ever mindful of giving you the glory, yes, God. giving you the honor, and giving you the praise. For this prayer we lift to you in the name of Jesus, in, name of Jesus. in Jesus, name. Jesus name. And we say thank you. Thank you, Lord. And amen, amen. 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 Thank you so much, Pastor. Amen. Thanks so much for watching. To connect with Beulah Missionary Baptist Church on either Wednesdays for Bible study or Sundays for church, please join our Instagram or Facebook page at Beulah Missionary Baptist Church, or you may join our website, BeulahBaptist.org. Thank you again, Pastor Black, for being My here. Pleasure. We thank appreciate you. you so much, and thank you so much for watching. See you next time. Thanks so much for tuning in to Confessions, Convictions, and Conversations. We are just getting started. So make sure to connect with me on social at AS Davenport and at Fresh Start Fridays. For more information on the podcast, please visit www.asdministries.org. Also, don't forget to subscribe to the show and be a part of April's Army. Remember... Anytime is a good time to confess the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, live by your own personal convictions, and it's always a great time to have a good conversation. I'm your girl, April Davenport. See you next time.